T-minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Tower cleared. Here we got a roll program. And as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is Grant Cameron. And I'm doing a podcast today, which I will call sort of a quick hit podcast. That is because this is just something that occurred to me, and I wanted to record it. And at the same time, make a podcast out of it. Uh, The idea occurred to me when I was listening to a... YouTube video by Paul Selleck, the channeler, and he said something that gave me sort of an insight, a download, whatever you want to call it. I've had two of these before, two major ones. I've had a number of minor ones, including this one today, but the inspirational downloads that I had in 2012 and 2017 were events that when I describe them I say the hardest thing to describe in the event is the absolute certainty that comes with the inspiration. I know for a fact that it is real, that the information is real, there's no need to check it, and therefore, I just go from there. Now, the downloads that I've gotten have turned out to be accurate. I have not changed anything from the original downloads. Things have just been built. Now, what Paul Selleck pointed out, which was interesting, is that He called this um, omniscient information. Now, we learned about omnipresent and omniscient and all these characteristics of God back in catechism class, period. The problem with that was that it was always assumed that only God had these characteristics. I now have come to understand after today that these are actually accessible to mankind. Now, as Paul Selleck pointed out, 
They are ideas that do not come in words. It is more a feeling than words, a feeling of certainty, and a brief, what he calls a scaffold, or, or, or a, a germ of an idea where you build a scaffold around it and add stuff onto it. My 2012 experience is a good example of this. In 2012, I got um, an idea that consciousness was involved. I was listening to a lecture by Colin Andrews on consciousness and crop circles in Laughlin, Nevada. And yet when I think back, the word consciousness really wasn't used. I heard the telepathy, the ESP that Colin Anderson was talking about, and the ideas that came into my head were along that line. But I knew it was consciousness. Later, as the scaffold was built, and ideas sort of added to this kernel of truth, omniscient evidence, I came to learn that it was non-local consciousness. And then I came to learn that consciousness was primary. And I came to learn that everything is built on consciousness, out of consciousness. So it started as a very simple idea and it just built and built and built. And I fully believe that the information that I was given in the initial download was extremely accurate. Now, when we talk about people having extremely good intelligence or understanding, we can say, for example, that somebody would get 97% on a test, on a mathematics final or a calculus final or something like that. And we'd say that person's very, very smart. They're, you know, nearly a genius, or maybe they'll get the odd 100%. But what I realized that there are a group of people in the world who get 100% all the time. This would be omniscient evidence or a characteristic of, of omniscience. Here's a couple of examples. The guy that the movie Rain Man was based upon was Kim Peek. And Kim Peek was noted as being a mega savant. The savants are people who have uh, brain damage that gives them an island of genius in a vast sea of disability. So Kim Peek had many abilities, and one of the abilities he had was he was able to read a book at extremely fast pace. Because the two sides of his brains were not connected, he was able to read one page with one eye, one page with the other eye, and he was able to read a book in a very, very short period of time. During his life, he read 12,000 books, and he could remember all the books. 
So you could go to a certain page in a certain book and Kim Peek would read what was on that page. That is a level of omniscient evidence. It is pure and accurate. Period. The idea I developed in a book called Contact Modalities was that there is a field of this pure knowledge. And it is the ability to access it, get the evidence, and bring it back that counts. Period. Savants are able to do this because they have, in many cases, left brain damage. Period. The left brain, which causes interference in the signal is completely shut down or almost shut down period that gives the savant the ability to grab the information this idea is supported by a statistic that came out of the Free Survey, the Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Experiences that was done by Ray Hernandez and Edgar Mitchell. This survey looked at 3,000 UFO experiencers who answered 650 questions. One of the questions dealt with whether or not the person had gotten this omniscient evidence. The results were as follows, period. Of those who answered the question, 40% of the UFO experiencers stated at one point during their experience, they knew the answer to everything in the universe and 21% more said they knew the answer to everything about themselves through all their lifetimes and all the spiritual implications. A study of near-death experience people showed that 31% of near-death experiencers reported that at one point during their experience they knew the answer to everything in the universe. This indicates strongly that there is this field of information which is tapped into. Savants are the best example of this. I mentioned Kim Peek. We can also mention George Finn, who was an autistic savant in New York City. George was not able to add 2 plus 3 or multiply 5 times 7. But for any day 
40,000 years in the future or the past. You could ask him what day of the week would July the 11th of a certain year be, and he would instantly and more importantly correctly answer what day of the week it was. Not only could he do that, but you could ask him the question, can you give me the next 12 times when Easter will fall on April the 2nd? George would immediately name off the years in the future when this would occur. And he would be absolutely right. It was not a situation of best two out of three. Savants who produce this type of ability are always right. The same would go for music. There are a number of autistic savants who can hear a piece of music and instantly play it even though they may be blind or have an IQ of 50 and many of these savants would have a repertoire of 8,000 or more songs that they could play at any time with no mistakes whatsoever. There are other mental anomalies that produce the same sort of omniscient type information. There are savants, people with head injuries, and just ordinary people who are able to remember every single event in their life from the age of about 12 or from the time that they had the head injury. Weather is. They can name what TV show was on, what the host of the game show was wearing that day, what they had for breakfast, dinner, lunch, and they will be 100% accurate. The ordinary people who are able to do this have a condition called autobiographical, or very superior, very superior autobiographical memory. There are about a hundred of them in the world, and they have been tested at great lengths, and the results show complete and pure recollection. The same ability 
is sometimes seen in artistic people or inventors. The Wizard of Oz, the book, came in a flash to its author. Like my experience of 2012 and 2017 and today, I knew that I had to write it down. Today, for example, I didn't want to. I just come from having a nap and really didn't want to. I knew, however, that if I didn't do it, it would fade like a dream. And it was fading in and fading out. I am therefore recording it. The Wizard of Oz came the same way. Its author knew that it had to, he had to write this down and he didn't have any paper so he was writing parts of the story and names on envelopes. J.K. Rawlings who wrote seven Harry Potter books described her moment of inspiration where she instantly had all the names and all the characters and all the locations for all the books and even the last line of the last book. She stated she had just woken up on a delayed train into London from Manchester, England and had nothing to write it on. The song Yesterday came to Paul McCartney in the middle of the night. He also knew it was important. And he quickly got up and played it on a piano that was in the bedroom. He then spent a month running around trying to find out who had written the song. And everybody he talked to said they had never heard the song before. Bob Dylan is one of hundreds of artists who have written songs in under five or ten minutes. In my book, Tuned in the Paranormal World of Music, I list about 150 songs that came in dreams. These dreams came completely intact. All the person had to do was record the notes. It was not like a normal dream where some stuff makes sense and some doesn't. I also listed 150 songs that came in under 5 or 10 minutes. And the interesting thing was that most of these songs that came in dreams and most of the songs that came in five or ten minutes were never the B-side song of a record. 
usually they were the biggest selling song the artist had ever recorded. Bob Dylan was one. Paul McCartney had three songs like this. Some artists, like Michael Jackson stated, they were embarrassed to put their name on the album because they insisted that they did not write the songs, the songs that were given to them. Channeled material is maybe the best example of pure information. Now, some will maintain that channel material is just made up, and I have a thousand dollars to bet that they can't do it if I set it up for them and get them to pretend they're channeling. There's one thing very particular about pure channeled material, and I have tested about five different people that I know. The best example to illustrate this is Paul Selleck. Paul Selleck has channeled 11 books. And all 11 books have been published without edits. Period. At most in each book, two or three words will be changed and that is just to add an S to a word or where Paul mispronounced the word. Paul's channeling is even more difficult in that he whispers half a sentence then repeats it and whispers the next half of the sentence then repeats it. Now what's particularly interesting about pure channel material is this lack of edits. Anybody like myself who has done a lot of transcripts from interviews to produce quotes for books will know that using the transcript from a YouTube video is almost impossible. That is because when people speak, they string things together with ahs, ands, buts, I think, and on and on. It is almost impossible to use a clean to get a clean copy when someone is talking. Yet, channeled material will have none of this.
you can look and it is clean there's no hesitations there's no ands stringing sentences together there's no I think but um, none of that appears in channel material now the chances that people can do this to me is literally impossible unless they're actually channeling. In fact, the more you try to stop it, the more you would actually do it. So to sum up, it is very clear to me today that omniscient evidence is available. If one can shut down the left brain and get into the field, the field has all the information. This would go along with the idea that time and space are illusions and that everything is happening here and now. All the many lives we live are stacked like a deck of cards. As hard as it is to believe, everything's happening all at one time. Therefore, all the information is in the field. And inventors like Tesla can go into the field and grab something like the alternating current motor and then draw it on the ground to a friend as it comes into his head. It also accounts for inventions like the hologram and the laser where the inventor worked for months and months and months trying to get it to work. And it was only when they sat on a park bench re relaxing that it was all put together for them and they ran back to the lab and wrote it down. Learning to understand the ideas behind omniscient evidence and learning how to use it would of course be very valuable. The best way to study this is the same way that we study UFO experiences. It really doesn't count to stand on the outside with our beliefs. We have to talk to those who know. We have to talk to those who have had the experience. And then study what are they doing that's different that allows them into the field. 
I think we have learned a lot already in terms of how this is done and how it can be made better. I'll leave it at that for today. Thanks for listening. If you have any download stories, please send them along. I'm always gathering them and find them inspirational in that they describe how complex the universe actually is. Comma, how little we know. How we can learn more. And of course the idea that the universe is not only more magnificent than we think, it is more magnificent than we could ever imagine. Once again... Thanks for listening. That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books, and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know. Until next time, watch this space, and thank you so much for listening.